Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Breathe and Think Better podcast. We are a live show that takes place on TikTok. And if you'd like to join us live every weekday at noon Pacific time, I'll toss in the TikTok accounts in the show notes and you can join us there live. During this show, we talk about effective and accessible practices, skills, and techniques that are proven to improve our mental health and overall well-being. Without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, Danny. Hey, Jake. Can you hear me? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So I was just telling everyone that if you want to ask us any questions, basically we're going live for the next 30 minutes and we're just going to talk about breath work, meditation. I think Danny has a little outline for us that you could probably share with us. I do. Yeah, we're going to talk about, we'll talk a little bit about how we got into breath work and meditation. So Jake and I have been practicing together for uh, about three years now. We'll talk about some of the exercises that we do. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll run through a short meditation too towards the end. And um, we wanted to talk a little bit about kind of how we blend the practices into our lives. Because we're just regular people. So we'll talk about kind of what we got up to this weekend and then how that kind of relates to what we're doing here today um, and how we use meditation and breath work to kind of help us handle all that stuff. I think a lot of the common misconceptions of meditating regularly is you don't do other fun things. And <laughs> so it's... um it's a challenge to incorporate meditation into your life when you have a lot of things going on, because oftentimes you just don't want to slow down. Um, and, you know, uh, someone said this analogy the other day. They said it's like driving a car and not stopping to fill up for gas. It's like eventually it'll catch up to you. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And we were talking this morning about how you hear a lot of like really high powered people like CEOs or, you know, business people who don't want to meditate because they feel like they'll lose their edge or they won't get anything done. It will slow them down. I feel like that's another one of those misconceptions where it's like when you actually take the time to slow the mind down, like just before we went live, we did a meditation together, right? And we were kind of both like thinking about what we were going to talk about, what talking points we wanted to hit. And then we did the meditation. It was an awesome guided meditation. And it was essentially just like, let go of all of that and just, just sink, sink into the present moment. And when you do that, whatever you do next is going to be of a higher quality. Right. Because whenever I would define meditation as the practice, so going, going into the practice as the quality of the attention that you're paying attention to, whether it's whatever you're doing, it's going into what you're doing with concentration, sensory clarity, and equanimity. So a lot of times the easiest way to do this is by just sitting still and letting it happen. Once you learn how to do that, then you can take it with you with everything else that you're doing. And so that's just something to, to think about to, to kind of get rid of those common misconceptions of like, oh, if I learn how to meditate, I'm not going to get anything done. Well, actually, you're going to learn how to concentrate on what you want to get done. Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's like it's the total opposite of how we spend most of our time. You know, we, uh, 
we're a, we're a we're a media company. We make a lot of media. We spend a lot of time on social media. We spend a lot of time in emails. Spend a lot of time behind the computer, and that takes like its toll on our attention. Like my attention feels so fragmented after a full day of doing that. And it's like you said, getting gas, right? I sit down and meditate, and it's like I'm I fill myself back up with gas. I get more get more energy, get more focus and attention, and then whatever I do next is going to be better. It's going to be, I'm going to enjoy it more. I'm going to be more present. Um, whether that's just, you know, spending time with my significant other at home or my pets or going for a walk. If you do that meditation or even that breath work, um, it's just, a, it's a recharge. It's a reset. It is. It is. Yeah. And then, and then there's the other end of the spectrum, which we have to talk about, which is like, okay, you know, I know I should meditate right now. My mind is racing, but it's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> like the last thing I want to do is sit still. Like I'm stressed out about all these other things I have to do. I don't know. I would actually like to transition here a little bit into why do we wake up and feel like we're late? Mm. <laughs> like, am I the only one who experiences this where it's like I wake up and I immediately feel like I'm awake. It doesn't happen every day, but it happens often enough for me to just want to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, that definitely happens to me. Um, I think, I think that gets ingrained in our minds from school because you wake up and you're usually late for school, <laughs> for school, right? I, I was always late for school. So I feel like you start, you, you get trained from such a young age where it's like, all right, you wake up, and you got to, you got to start, you got to go, you got, there's no time for anything else. You got to get dressed. You got to eat breakfast, got to brush your teeth. You got to catch that bus. Like that's how it, we start that from what, you know, first grade and it's, and it, it doesn't really change. And, you know, most people wake up and have to go to work. You know, a lot of people work in the morning. So it's, it's hard, I think, to, to give yourself that time and that space to just move slowly. And I definitely, I experience it usually on weekends, you know, where I, you know, we're, we're always constantly doing work, but on the weekends, my strap, my schedule is less structured. So I'm usually like, you know, maybe I'll take my dog to the beach in the morning or something. So it's not super pressing. So I'll wake up and it's like a little more slow and it's really nice. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think everyone probably feels late when they wake up. It's a funny way to think about it. Well, it's also interesting too, because the other end of the spectrum is like waking up and like wanting to do something, but not having anything to do. Like, so from my particular situation, you know, just to paint the picture here, Danny lives with his girlfriend and animals and I live solo in an apartment. And so sometimes when I wake up, I just want to be around other people. And I'm like, dang, like I want to. And so my energy like goes outside of me. And then the other end of the spectrum is I wake up and I feel like I'm late for all the people that I need to see. And I'm like, I'm like, this is so wild. Like, how do I find this balance in the morning? I'm like, it happens, you know, it happens to me. It must be happening to other people. Uh, you know, uh, like, I'm not like unique in that sense where I experience emotions that don't exist for everyone else, you know, like, and I guess the way that I've learned how to deal with it, which is why I've become such an advocate of this practice is like, 
sitting down for 10 minutes and allowing like those cravings and urges and everything like, oh, I want to be around other people. I'm lonely or I don't want to go do the job that I have to do today. It's like both ends of those spectrums. It's like it goes like bounces up and down, bounces up and down. And then like over the course of like 10 minutes, it like evens out a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I'm actually perfectly content doing what I'm doing right now let's you know let's go get uh let's go get this job done and like let's let's be you know it's almost like this sense of like gratitude just like appears where i'm like you know what i have the opportunity to go to work today like Mm -hmm. you know it's like those reminders start to kick in where you're like oh wow i've woken up in much worse situations you know today just because i want to be around people like that feeling will go away that feeling will go away. And that's really what the practice is about, right? Like, yeah, I, th- I think so. And I think that there's, there's things that you can do, obviously breath work and meditation are two of them, but there's also things that we can do that, that you and I have both experimented with. And I'm sure that some of the people listening have too, that can help with those, those feelings of like feeling rushed, especially in the morning. It's like my, the first thing I used to do, I'm sure the first thing most people do when they wake up is like grab their phone, right? It's right next to them. Usually it wakes you up. The alarm goes off, you grab it. And then maybe, you know, you've got some notifications. I know like I'm a big fantasy football player and I, I've got, you know, all these notifications from fantasy football because it was coming in the weekend, injuries and, and team things. And if I look at that, if I pick my phone up and I look at that, I'm automatically starting to turn the gears early. And then you develop like a pattern, like the brain, if you look at your phone when you first wake up, your brain gets used to processing huge amounts of data right when you wake up. So when you wake up, the brain goes, oh, it's time and starts spinning like crazy because it's used to processing that information. It's the same with like social media. If I, if I open up my phone and go on TikTok in the morning, my brain for the rest of the day is, is, on, is just going wild because there's so much information that you're processing, even though it might not seem like it. it might seem like you're just hanging out and like checking out photos and videos and listening to things, but you're, there's so much information that you process there. And if, when you get into the habit of that, it's like, you know, you, what you wake up in that mode, like the brain is like, okay, let's go. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, even though I now no longer look at my phone in the morning, I still wake up and <laughs> feel like I'm running late. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the wild part for me, too. It's like I started having to figure out, you know, how to manage my phone like a few years ago because I, you know, just a little background just to know who I am. Like I started creating media for businesses eight years ago and a couple years into that journey is when I started just getting crazy anxiety for the first time as an adult, like, you know, 27 years old getting anxiety that I had never like, you know, we have our cases of anxiety, like, of course, but like, it was on a whole nother level Mm -hmm. for me personally, you know, like, whether I, you know, like, it was, it was just like the racing mind compounding with the emotions of like sadness and loneliness and like, uh, like everything compounding. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And then I'm like, you know what, let me just concentrate on something else. And then realizing that I can't even concentrate on anything for more than a couple minutes. And I'm like, you know, I have all these dreams and ambitions of things that I want to do, which 
which are totally fine and totally healthy. And I'm like, I can't even sit still to like, you know, watch the YouTube video to learn how to do the thing that I want to do. Like, like I wanted to play music for so long, (laughs) like so long. I, I spent five years living with musicians before I even like learned how to, uh, play a song because mm-hmm. I just couldn't c- sit down and concentrate. I had all the instruments around me surrounded mm-hmm. by instruments and people and music. And I, and I wanted to learn music and I wanted to be a musician and I just couldn't, I couldn't concentrate on everything, like anything, you know? And like, that's when I was like, okay, what's the, what's the training to learn how to concentrate? Okay. Like, and you start finding all these different things. Then you realize that the oldest training in the world is meditation. And it literally teaches you, how to concentrate as the first skill you learn how to concentrate on your breath and i'm like whoa why haven't we learned this in school a hundred percent we we talk so jake and i you know we we work together every day we're in the same building right now we're just in different rooms but we we have the why is this not taught in school conversation it's so often because it's it's a it's a massive cultural blind spot that we're because we're you know I'm I'm speaking directly of the you know we live in the United States it's not taught in the United States schools it is taught in in school in some places around the world um, as a part of you know growing up you learn these skills but here in the U S it is not um, and I think for most countries it is not and it's like. It just blows my mind because it's like it teaches when you when you start meditation practice and for for this for for this purpose, we're talking about like a a very just like a mindfulness meditation, a basic one. And we can talk about the differences of of different techniques another time. But a lot of people think meditation is like religious, spiritual, and it can be those things 100 percent. But it can also be very practical, very logical um, and it's just it gives you this foundational uh, experience of of just transforming the way that we experience our life in a day to day time. It's and it's it improves our attention, it improves our focus, and it gives you the ability to control or better control emotions, to better control um, negative experiences, to more deeply experience positive times and experiences too. You know, it's and it's just. It is a little mind blowing to me that it's just was never taught um, to to us in school. Yeah. And I mean, Danny and I have had, you know, we you know, we grew up in the same area. And, you know, funny enough, we're actually born on the same day, the same year in the same (laughs) corner of the universe. Um, (laughs) And, you know, we were lucky to have become, you know, really good friends in high school and like this was, there was no talk of meditation in high school. If you asked me what meditation was in high school, I honestly would have thought it's something that puts you to sleep. I'm like, why would you, why wouldn't you just go to sleep? Why do you need to meditate? I'm just Mm going to take a nap, you know? And like the answer to to that question is like, when you nap, you go unconscious. And when you meditate, you're conscious. And so that's how you improve your attention. And I think one of the things that really helped uh, Danny and I grasp the concept of meditation is how to work with the breath and how the breath is so unique because if you're not paying attention, you're breathing automatically, okay? But when you pay attention, you can actually kind of override your breath, which actually has physiological effects on your body and mind. 
And I, this was the part that was like, whoa, this is super interesting. So if I extend my breath, I can actually like activate something, you know, whether it's like the vagus nerve or whatever it is, I'm talking from a very contemplative point of view here. Like when you actually do it, you can feel it like right away, yourself calming down. Or if you're like the physiological side, for example, is like two quick inhales and an exhale. You also naturally do this when you're crying. So it's it's natural built-in mechanism to help you calm down when you're crying you can actually do a breathing exercise that helps you calm down. And I'm like, whoa. And so like we got into it from a very practical point of view. And I think one of the things that, you know, personally changed my mind was when I started listening to Sam Harris Mm -hmm. and started him because he's a, a neuroscientist background and he's teaching a contemplative practice. And so like, a lot of the benefits of meditation, you, you just you just can't prove unless you do it. And he's coming from this background where like everything he's trying to prove everything, mm-hmm. you know, and like it's like this weird dance. And I'm like, whoa, this is interesting. Someone like that starts to talk about this very spiritual practice. That's I mean, that's when, you know, that's that's why it's so easy to connect with people talking about the breath, because we learned thinking about the breath and then really the deeper you go, you're like, okay, you know, it's breath work. It's, it's connecting with the breath. It's meditation. That's really what it all, you know, if we're going to choose one word, you know, whether it's breath work or mindfulness, I think we're talking about meditation here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what you said about the breath is spot on, especially like, you know, for me, cause I went, you know, I have a marine biology degree, right. But I like biology is something I've spent a lot of time learning about. And learning that, you know, how the breath can biologically affect our, um, uh, you know, our, our physio, our physio, physiology, uh, was fascinating to me. And like, he's like the physiological side is so fascinating. Um, and you know, but when you're crying, you do that and then, and that's the physiological sign that has all of these effects fit like physically measurable effects on the body and the mind. And that's just one example, you know, like you were talking about extending the exhales that's proven to slow down or in some cases, stop your fight or flight response, right? So when you, when you go into that like full on anxiety, panic mode, that's what's going on. You have the fight or flight response is is a human response that keeps us alive, right? Our ancestors, if they didn't have fight or flight response, they wouldn't know to run away or to fight when, you know, when they were predators way back when. Now we don't really have to worry about, you know, lions and tigers so much, at least where we live, but it, it still kicks in. Like you could be in traffic and you get your fight or flight response can start and your heart can start pumping. You can start sweating. Like your body is actually getting ready to, to fight, right? Or to run away. And a lot of us don't know what's happening when we feel that. And that's what a panic attack can feel like for for most people too. And it's like physiological sigh is a great one because it can really, it can slow that process down and sometimes even stop it right in its tracks. And it's, uh, it's really, it's fascinating that again, not something we're taught or just extending the exhales. It activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest part of 
of our uh, of our nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system is the one that has our fight or flight response. And when we activate the parasympathetic, it's like it's the break, right? Sympathetic is the gas, parasympathetic is the break. And we have control, you have a measurable control over your nervous system. Don't you think that's something that most people should know? Right? It's like, that's pretty important information. And it's just like, that's why we, we do what we do, right? That's why we, we have a meditation company. That's why we spend every single day learning about this stuff, practicing this stuff, teaching this stuff. It's because we really think it is that important. It, it is that important. Not even we think. It, it is that important. And, you know, our mission is to spread this information and get, and get as many people in the door starting their own practice as possible. Yeah, it's it's... Our friend called it the bottom-up approach when we were uh, describing it to him, you know, over tacos a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, we were just talking about like what's important to us and all this and that. And it's like, there's so many things that are important to us, and there's so many things we want to do. And like, we kept going down this rabbit hole of like, okay, how do we help improve ourselves? How can we improve the people around us? It's like, okay, well, we need to focus on something good. We need to focus on something positive. And like, we just kept going down, kept going down. And then we were like, wait a second, the meditation stuff is like the bottom of, it's like the base, it's the foundation. I'm like, if you want to learn music, if you want to be a good partner, if you want to travel the world, if you want to just be happy in your own skin, you can learn meditation to improve your concentration, improve your sensory clarity and create this sense of equanimity to go do everything you want to do. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that's why we keep talking about school and education. And it's like, whoa, like this is the education that improves all other education. It improves your listening skills. Like if you think about the practice of meditation, you're paying attention to what you see, hear and feel with concentration that improves your listening skills. It also improves everything you do because everything you do is a sensory experience. And then the way it really helped me with my anxiety was, okay, I have like a feeling of, let's, let's say I have a feeling of sadness, like an emotion of sadness in my body. And I can feel like that contraction of sadness in my body. Now, let's say in my mind, I have that voice in my head that's just telling me how much I suck. Okay. And so I'm now combining the low emotion of sadness, the contraction of sadness mixed with the mind of just telling me like, you're sad because you suck. Like all this negative talk just based on like, you know, based on my previous conditioning, if I can't learn how to separate those two, then they will spiral out of control. And this is something that I did not know how to do as an adult, because, you know, I was never that I was never deeply sad. And I was, you know, my mind was always running. But like, you know, I've always had good people around me. Like this really didn't start to happen until I was like spending a lot of time alone, which you'll notice Mm -hmm. the older you get more time you spend alone. And so you need to figure these things out. And so I didn't know that that voice in my head can be separated from that emotion in my body. What happens is when we do this, they don't spiral out of control because I know that voice in my head and that emotion in my body. I know from experience that what contracts will expand. 
And I also know that that voice that's chattering in my head will fizzle out and go away. It might Mm -hmm. be on repeat for a while. And it's definitely a tricky thing when that voice is on repeat and that emotion is sinking and contracting. It's, It's difficult to deal with. It takes practice. But that's what the meditation practice does is it shows you how to break down that experience. You know, it shows you how to just, okay, I'm paying attention to this voice in my head. I'm also noticing this contraction in my body, but they're two separate things. I'm breaking them down with clarity and I'm watching that voice fizzle out and I'm watching that contraction turn into an expansion and I'm watching and I'm doing this with a sense of equanimity, like it's all good. And that's what the practice is. And when we just spend just a tiny designated amount of time every day doing it, we get better at it every day and we start to build momentum in the practice. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so important. And, and that's why like we're so, so our motivation behind what we're doing behind these pages, you can see all the effort that Danny and I have put into these pages. It's because we're motivated because we suffer from it ourselves. Okay. And we, and the people we love suffer from it as well. And so we're very motivated because, you know, we talked earlier about waking up feeling like we're late, waking up feeling like we're stressed. Well, that's our motivation mm-hmm. <laughs> for practicing. And mm-hmm. so it's like this bittersweet thing where it's like, okay, we have this natural reminder that like, this is what we're here to do. Like, and you know what? Like, I wouldn't want to take advice from someone who wasn't going through it themselves. Right. And so like, that's, you know, yeah, that was that was really well said. And uh, working off of what Jake just said, I do want to address. Um, we've had some really good questions come in in the chat. Um, and uh, Jake, when you were going through your your example, um, user three six one six wanted to know how we deal with the symptoms of physical anxiety. Um, and I believe they I believe they had just joined, so they may have missed us talk about the physiological side, which I just want to I just want to um, address one more time. So. When you're when you're feeling uh, f- those symptoms of physical anxiety, there are really really actionable, measurable ways that you can you can combat those. And so Jake was just talking about kind of recognizing that his uh, his emotions are are valid, and then separating them from sensations and experience, and and that's really valuable as well. But something a little bit. Um, you know, that, that's, that's kind of a, a longer road. That's a, that's a, that's a practice. And if you are experiencing symptoms of physical anxiety in the moment, we always recommend, um, going to the breath and working with the breath. And we talked about the physiological sigh. That's a, a double inhale and then a long extended exhale. And what you're doing physically, when you take that double inhale, you're reinflating these tiny sacs we have in the lungs. They're called alveoli's. <laughs> it kind of sounds like ravioli. It always makes me laugh. But the alveoli, um, they actually uh, uh, compress and collapse when we're experiencing stress. And that double inhale forces them to reinflate. And then that long extended exhale stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. And it's just a really, really great real-time tool for managing those symptoms of physical anxiety. Um, so thanks for that question. That was that was a really great. We had another question. Um, 
Jake, if you want to address this one from Mindful Hypocrite, she asks, how do you address meditation for people who don't have a felt sense of safety? That's a really. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's a. So I, I would go back to. I would try to paint the perspective here. So there's a couple. We may have. Are you, are you still with us, Dan? I can hear you. Um, okay. It looks like we yeah, just lost. I think I'm just frozen a little bit, but you can go ahead. I'll see if I can fix it. Okay. Well, so to approach this one, there's the, we just have to remind ourselves that everything is constantly, constantly changing. And that's like a very, very deep truth. And when we understand this, it can, it can, you can think about it two ways. You can think about it as like, okay, I don't feel a sense of safety right now. Everything is changing. So where's this sense of safety coming from? It's most likely coming from the story that you're telling yourself. Now, there's certain situations that are unsafe to be in. And if you have this intuition of, okay, this is an unsafe situation, then what you need to do is you need to focus on what you can do right now. And so this is where the practice of meditation comes in, where you have to decide what to concentrate on right then and there in the moment. And you need to do it with clarity and you need to do it with equanimity, knowing that that voice is going to keep coming back into your head. The reminders are going to keep coming back. Things are going to keep changing. So you have to try to keep this inner balance while you go about what you can do in your particular situation with concentration. And so, you know, it's a very, you know, like high level answer, you know, to get down to the specifics of your situation. You know, that's something that, you know, you need to look at in your life and, you know, we're all in different situations. And, you know, the reason why Danny and I are teaching is because we are in fortunate situations where we have the time in our schedule to do the practice, to do the work. That's what makes us qualified teachers. Like we do not teach anything that we don't do ourselves. And so we don't have the most experience in the world doing it. We, we do not. I did not know about this stuff five years ago. Um, but we are students of the game and we are practicing and we are sharing and we're learning from other people. And, you know, that's, you know, what it is. And so, you know, you just got to remind yourself, like, effort counts. And so if you're struggling through a meditation practice, if you're struggling through how to handle something, give yourself a little credit, you know, be kind to yourself and, and you know, thank yourself for showing up, for, for being alive. Like, like it's, you know, we need to remind ourselves of that stuff. Yeah, excellent. Um, we had another question come in from face surgeon, any advice on how to start a daily meditation practice and for how long? Um, it's a great question. This is, this is our bread and butter. This is, uh, this is what, what Jake and I do. We, we get people's foot in the door. We get them started on meditation practice. Um, so I think a really great action, actionable way that you could start today 
is on both Jake's page, Breathe Blue Door, and my page, The One Minute Meditation. We have free exercises that you can, you can do them right now. And when you leave the live, go to our pages. We've got a ton of practices on both of our pages that, that you can do. As for how long, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that, don't, don't attach a number to that. I would do whatever's comfortable for you to start. Um, I think the best way to start a lasting habit is to make, make it a habit that you can actually complete so you can get that, that dopamine hit of completing, you know, you set a goal that you want to meditate for one minute. You meditate for one minute, your brain gives you a little hit of dopamine. That's how you create a repeatable and long-lasting habit. So I, I think that I wouldn't focus on, you know, I need to do for five minutes. I need to do for 10 minutes. I would just do whatever works for you right now. If you've never meditated before, one minute, two minutes a day is an awesome place to start. Fantastic. And then work it, work your way up from there. Find, find you know, what, what you like and, and just go with it. And I think that's the best way to start a meditation practice. It's the best way to start anything. Um, it's the same for, for physical fitness as, as for mental fitness. You don't want to go to the gym for the first time ever and put in a three-hour workout. You'll never work out again. It's the same for meditation. If you sit for a 20-minute, 30-minute sit your first time, you probably won't do it again because, you know, it's just you, you have to work your, work your way up. Um, Jake and I, for our practices, we usually do a 5- to 10-minute breathwork practice and then a 10- to 15-minute meditation. And we do those um, specifically in that order because, as we talked about earlier on the show, using the breath as kind of the remote control for the mind, you can, you can get yourself, you can drop into a, a, a state of focused awareness. And it just, we find that it makes meditation much more effective. When, when we start with a breathwork exercise and then go into the meditation. Um, thank you for that question. Um, so, Danny, I don't know what you have on what's next on our agenda here, but, you know, if we, if we have some time right now, we can actually do a quick little guided meditation for anyone interested. Um, if you want, I would like to end with the meditation. So if yeah, there's any... Yeah, I think... There's yeah. An, if there's any other questions or any other topics we want to talk about, now would be the time. I think um, I, I've, we've hit everything I wanted to speak on. Um, I think we covered most of the questions in the chat. If, if you're listening and watching right now and we didn't cover your question, we do this every day at noon uh, Pacific time. So you can, you can come tomorrow and, uh, and ask us questions. You can comment on our pages um, and, uh, and ask us a, a question. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's transition into a, a short guided meditation uh, before we end. Okay, great. So this will just be a few minutes. Um, so if it's available to you, I invite you to start just breathing in and out through your nose and paying attention to where you can feel your breath in your nose. And on the inhale, kind of stretch up into alert position. And on the exhale, just relax and sink into your seat. And we're just following the breath here for a moment. So light but extended inhales, like you're sipping the air in through a straw. And consciously relaxing yourself on the exhale. Go ahead and relax your eyes, the tension you're holding around your jaw. Relax your throat, your neck and shoulders. 
Pay attention to the feeling of gravity sinking you in your seat. And now we're just gonna just brush over our sensations. So specifically what we see, hear, and feel. So notice even with your eyes lowered or closed, you can make your gaze wide and still visually see even behind the darkness of your eyelids. But also if you're a visual thinker, you may have images flash in front of your screen. Just notice that. Now letting what you see fall in the background and just noticing to sounds, the sound of my voice, the sounds in the room, but also the mental chatter in your head. And just notice it. And then letting what you see and what you hear fall in the background and noticing what you feel. The vibration or temperature of the air on your skin. Any emotions running through your body. And for this last 30 seconds or so, just notice whatever appears, whatever you see, hear, or feel with a sense of equanimity, with a sense of inner balance, with a sense of gratitude for showing up today and doing a meditation exercise. Thank you for practicing with us. Thanks everyone for tuning in to uh, Breathe and Think Better Live. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, 12 o'clock noon. And uh, we hope to see you guys then. Thanks. Take care.